as we know, the state of Texas, hammered by a lot of rain, hammered by Hurricane Harvey, uh, and much to be learned perhaps because of the storm, especially for that fourth largest city in the United States when it comes to building. We're talking, of course, about Houston. It's the cover story for this week's Bloomberg Business Week. Economics editor Peter Coy wrote it along with uh, our Christopher Flavel at Bloomberg News. Um, Peter, I love this story. I know you and I have already talked about it. Uh, you open up the story. I'm going to steal it. It's a great line. Houston has been wet since birth. I mean, this is a city that's a lot of bayous and a lot of wetlands. Right, right. Uh, the first German explorer who visited the city in the 1840s got his wheels stuck in the mud. <laughs> and that should have been an omen. But, but Houston patched together a system of bayous, canals, dams, and so on, and managed to grow, uh, you know, not just grow, but just grow by leaps and bounds to where it is today, the fourth biggest city in the U.S. The consolidated metropolitan statistical area is bigger than the state of New Jersey. It's just a powerhouse, an economic powerhouse, and some of that growth has been due to its hands-off approach towards growth. It kind of says, build first, ask questions later, and, and that generally works, but laissez-faire is not always the right solution when it comes to, uh, you know, living with the environment. Well, talk a little bit about that and talk about the laissez-faire attitude that you saw in Houston when it came to uh, building codes or lack thereof and zoning or, or lack thereof right. and, and, and how that kind of, you know, <laughs> nobody could have dealt with 50 inches no. of rain. Nobody. No. But in many ways, um, Houston kind of made their situation worse right. because of how they built up. Well, you know, one way that you absorb a storm is by allowing water to just kind of pool where it is, gradually soak into the ground. The problem is if everything is covered with cement and concrete uh, and, you know, mm -hmm. uh, whatever kind of uh, building material, then it has no place to soak in, so it runs off and it runs into streets, it runs into low-lying areas. That's when you get the flooding is even worse. And uh, you pointed out that any city, no matter how conscientious about the environment, would have gotten walloped by Harvey. But, it, but you don't want to be making a bad situation worse with your building practices. Exactly. Where are home builders on all of this? I mean, I'm assuming home builders like less regulation and less codes, uh, but the home builders and or the builders within uh, Houston specifically, um, they like this kind of laissez-faire attitude? Well, Christopher Flavel, my co-author, did a lot of the reporting on that. He went down to Texas, went to Austin, talked to builder organizations, talked to the National Association of Home Builders. And yes, they, pre they, they resist regulation. Uh, they prefer that regulation be set locally, and in fact, that's the way it is in Texas. Uh, there are no, it's not a statewide building thing. Basically, you can set your own rules, and some rules are fairly lax. Um, for example, one of the problems is that it, houses were not built high enough off the ground or, mm -hmm. or above the floodplain, and uh, they weren't built to, to withstand storms. And, uh, you know, if you're a builder, you're thinking, well, why would I want to raise the cost of construction um, by making my house more secure when I can just, you know, build another house when the first one gets wrecked? Right. Repeat business, right? Yeah. <laughs> to some extent, ironically. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, you know, but it, I think this is kind of a bigger, broader 
subject that's going to be looked at more closely, um, whether you believe or not in climate change, we are seeing temperatures rise and it's making these storms more severe. Coastal areas, whether it's Miami, whether it's Atlantic City, whether it's Savannah, Georgia, whether it's you know all along the Gulf Coast, yeah. um, those lands are going to be a lot more vulnerable and we need to kind of think about um, the infrastructure that we've built uh, right. in those areas. Right. I mean, I do uh, believe that climate change is real and that this is a, was a contributing factor and there's a lot of evidence for that. So if you, if you had a situation that was sort of marginal before, well, it's not, it's not anymore. It's, it's completely unacceptable. Now you've got to get with the times. Obviously, we should be trying to reduce the emissions of greenhouse gases so we don't have the, uh, the situation worsening. Um, but, but even the way it is now, there needs to be more done to, to cope with rising sea levels, worsening storms, increasing floods. Hey, talk to us a little bit about Singapore, because I thought that was fascinating. You shed some light on what Singapore has done and how they could, in, in many ways, be a role model for Houston and really, really some other flood-prone right. cities. Well, because Singapore is right in the path of a lot of monsoons, which are, of course, Asia's equivalent of hurricanes. And they uh, have, since the 1980s, doubled in population in that city-state. And yet the amount of ground cover that's green, in other words, undeveloped, has actually increased over that period, amazingly enough, thanks to really smart building practices. Do you think, I mean, is there the political will to kind of change the way things are done? I mean, if you look at a city like Houston, they, they're going to have a massive rebuild, but you do wonder, you know, how much change will they ultimately do? Right, and that is the open question. Uh, you know, as some people say, that the, the fear is that as soon as they... Uh, dig out, or as soon as the waters recede, there'll be a temptation to go back to the gray solution. By gray, I mean concrete. I mean more mm -hmm. sluices and so on, more pumps, more levees and dams. Those have to be part of the solution, but they can't be the whole solution. Green has to be the part of the solution as well, and that means creating detention ponds that are dry in most of the year, but fill up when a storm comes. Maybe more reservoirs. These are things that are very expensive just because of the land they consume, and the land is very precious. The land values have risen as Houston has grown. Mm -hmm. But you almost kind of need to bite the bullet and say, look, if we want to live here in Houston, we've, we've got to accommodate the climate. Well, it's a great piece. Uh, my favorite this week in Bloomberg Business Week, uh, Peter. So thank you so much. A really thoughtful thank um, you. story. Peter Coy is our economics editor at Bloomberg Business Week. He wrote the cover story, Harvey wasn't just bad weather, it was bad city planning. Tune in also to Bloomberg Business Week with myself and Oliver Rennick, Friday at 6 p.m. Wall Street time on Bloomberg Radio. And you can also watch Bloomberg Business Week Saturday at 12 noon, Wall Street time on Bloomberg TV and really throughout the weekend on Bloomberg Television. Right now you're listening to Bloomberg.